Alrighty guys, we are back and ready to roll on another episode of Ready or Not. Today we are talking about the importance of keeping your word. Let's get into it. All right, guys, we're back, and today, really, really thankful for the topic we're going to talk through, and I want to challenge you to, to just think beyond even this episode, like really let this be something you pray over, but the weight and the value of your word. We're in studio with Pastor Daniel Messenger again. Hey, everybody. And uh, man, just glad to have you here. How's your day been so far? Really great. Just blessed to be here, blessed to be with you and excited uh, about this topic. Glad you are here. Um, I mean, I'm just curious, even in general, in talking about like, different topics, what brought this one to the forefront of your mind? I think uh, in this day and age, we don't see a lot of people keeping their word. Um, what originally spawned it was, um, and we'll probably talk about this a little more later, but my brother and I having a conversation just about how rare this had become in our lives and what we were seeing and maybe even experiencing friendships where we felt like people weren't keeping their word, um, watching parenting where we felt like people weren't really keeping their word, um, and then relational just across the board. And yeah. so I think this is just a really pertinent topic for the times we live in. Um, talk is cheap. It is. And we live uh, in a time where people's word has really been devalued at this point. Um, why don't you give me the definition of what is, is, is like, <laughs> a, a, for those of you too young to remember that, that was during a testimony, during an impeachment investigation. Yep. And it really, it's like the tinkering with language and with, no, I didn't, I misremembered. And I didn't, it's just, it's part of a cultural phenomenon right now where people's word it is, doesn't have the value that it used to, and I think we need to return to putting a high value on yeah. what you say and what you do. That's what, even one of the things you shared, you know, a while ago is just the reality. If you rewind time, like your handshake was a binding contract, like That's that right. was enough. If you gave someone your word, like that was enough. Your word was your bond. Yep, and absolutely. And like you realize that if you gave your word, it was a representation of your name, which had like an even deeper meaning. It's like my father, my father's father, my father's father's father. <laughs> I would disgrace them if I did not keep yeah, my word right, right now. Well, there's even, and I don't know where it lands now. I, I doubt it carries much weight at all. But even legally, there was a time where a verbal contract could be made. A verbal agreement was a binding thing within the court system. And, and it's still pretty, it's still recognized, but I don't think it's as firm as it used not to practiced, be. I'm it's not sure. really practiced the yep. way that it used to be. But I, I still know, even where I live, there's a lot of farmers, a lot of rural people still, and there's still a lot of handshake agreements. Okay. Um, it's because the family has owned that land for 150 or 200 years, and they're a staple in that community. So when someone gives a handshake, hey, I'm selling you this truck, for this price, it's as good it's as done be. because everyone in that community knows if you don't keep your word, everyone in that community will hold you accountable. They know about it, and you'll never get that trust You're back. You're the guy that's untrustworthy for the rest that's of That's right, life. and no one will sell with you. No one will sell or barter or do anything with you. You'll be ostracized from a community if you don't keep your word. That's wild. So there's accountability yeah, there. Yeah, that's awesome in a sense. I, I love it. Now, I'm curious... And I don't know if it's an answerable question, but why do you think this is such an important topic to you personally? 
Because I want to be a man who keeps his word. Okay. Um, personally, uh, I think it's important. Um, it's important to me that I want to be set apart. And in a world that doesn't keep their word, um, I think of how we're supposed to be as Christians and, and men of faith, men following after Jesus. We're supposed to be men of our words. Yep. And I, I would say that this applies to not just men, but men and women of faith that we should say, hey, you can take it to the bank. If I say something, then I mean it. Yep. And that's who we should be. And I'll, I'll get into this, but when you have that decision made up in your mind that I will do what I say, you already know like there may be consequences coming down the road that require great sacrifice to actually make that a true statement. Yeah. Uh, and we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. I know for myself, uh, whether I was growing up younger or not so much currently, or maybe just handle it differently, but when people don't keep their word, when you're the recipient of someone's lack of integrity, the letdown and the disappointment is immense. It can be huge. And I remember just there was a point, I think when you get maybe a teenager where your word starts to just people are depending on you for something now, you realize like, gosh, I could be either the source of blessing in someone's life or I could be the source of letdown and frustration. Mm -hmm. And then you, then for me, a trip on the Bible when I'm a little bit older and I'm like, whoa, Jesus like was so clear. Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. <laughs> like that's the end of it. Um and it made sense. Like Jesus was so faithful to do what he said he would mm -hmm. do. And there's no letdown with God. Yeah. And so there shouldn't be a letdown with God's people either. Yeah. And I think we, we need to put a caveat out there that you probably will break your word at some point. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> and, one's, no one's Jesus. Uh, yeah. All of us have failed. Uh, but I think that that should be the exception, not the rule. And so it's like, I'm going to do everything in my ability to keep my word. Um, have I broken my word to my kids? Yes, I have. Have I broken my word to my wife? Yes. But that's the exception. That's not the rule. Yep. And I consciously know that I'm attempting not to do that in the power of Jesus Christ. I am attempting to keep my word to the best of my ability. And when I do fail, I repent of it and apologize for it and move on and do better the next time. But we have to acknowledge that we're not speaking from a place of like, I always keep my word. Yes. <laughs> I have never failed in this. Yep. No, we They're have. Always and never, man. Like <laughs> you don't delete those there. from your vocabulary <laughs> as fast as you can. That's right. Um, <laughs> as fast as you can. Always and never. Terrible, terrible, terrible. I love something Chuck Smith used to say when he said, if you're looking to be used by God, you got to be a fat Christian. Uh, and like, what does that mean? It means faithful, available, teachable. Mm -hmm. If you can be those three things, there's faithfulness, you make yourself available, and then there's enough humility to be teachable, God can do anything. Absolutely. But, right, faithful is the first one. Like, yep. absolutely as consistent as you can be, and then when you're not, repent quickly. Uh, but faithful, you know, it's critical in maintaining those different relationships um, but keeping your word to friends, I'm going to talk about that one and just kind of break this down in different categories of life here. Um, keeping your word to your friends, uh, that can be challenging sometimes, 
for a variety of reasons. Uh, I know sometimes there's this like, you tell someone, let's go do something, and then all of a sudden someone invites you to do something far more exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, now there's this like reality set in of you're supposed to hang out with somebody, but someone has tickets to a concert or a baseball game. And yep. now you have to decide, are you going to be faithful to that first commitment or take the better offer? This happened a lot uh, in my teenage years. And it caused so much drama between friends where you have one friend that you're going to go hang out with and then another friend that you might like just a little bit more. Sure. Calls you up and says, oh, those plans fell through. I'm available now. And then you like break plans with the friends because so you can hang out with your friend you like a little bit better. And it was just, that was like a teenage thing. And I think everybody has experienced that at some level. And you think it would stop as adults. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. It, it, it still happens. It my mind. I mean, you're, you're 39. Uh-huh. You're creeping up on 40. Yep. I'm 39, creeping up on 40. I am astonished at things I thought were, they are youthful foolishness. Yes. But they don't naturally evaporate it's with like, age. I thought this was teenage drama. I thought we when we became adults and yeah. with kids that this, no, it's still exactly it's the same. It's sin nature, really. It's sin nature. It's not youthfulness, it's it, sin nature. It's, it's you have something better to offer me and I'm going to go what's, with what's better for me instead of just honoring what I said. Yep. And um, my brother and I, this is kind of the conversation that started was we were moving and you have all these friends who committed to helping you move. None of us like moving. No <laughs> like no one likes way. it. We all get it. Okay. I've been involved in way more moves than I would like to admit. Um, tons of them help tons of people, but you, you show up and out of the 10 people who committed to being there, eight of them, Found something better to do on yep, a Saturday. Absolutely. It happens all the time. All the time. And you're like, I really needed that help. But you know what? The person who I could count on being there was my brother. He gave me his word. And I know that if he tells me he can be there, he's there. That's awesome. Period. And so we started talking about that and like, what is the deal with this? Why is it that like I give my word and I'm there? And I do it even to my friends. I give my word and I'm there. You can take it to the bank. Yep. And I've had to make those hard choices. And I'm like, what is the deal with this? Why, why aren't there more people who just keep their word to their friends? And, and really, we, we started talking more and more. And that's kind of what started this idea in my head. Even as you're saying that and the way you framed it, and I was like, I don't think we... And I don't want to be too heavy-handed. Well, I do want to be heavy-handed. <laughs> I know. <don't mean, laughs> slap them down, Dave. Try to like, Lord, <laughs> Lord, you temper my my opinion here. Um, but you think when we're not being faithful to our word, it's really just an act of selfishness. I'm just yeah. doing what is best for me. That, mm-hmm. That's wildly self-focused. Yeah, and I think let's take, you know, unforeseen circumstance out of the equation because that does come up. It's like I gave my word and then something happened, right? And I just can't fulfill it. Um, let's take that out of the equation, but just somebody that's like, mm, I woke up, like, yeah, the, I don't want to go lift boxes Don't feel today. like it. I don't feel I'm like tired. it. Uh-huh. I worked late last night. Yep. And those are all things I hear. Yep. And it's like, yeah, you think I don't get tired? Or, you know, and that's, that's just, you know, the reaction in your flesh and you don't say those things, but you just think them. Uh Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty tired too. I think (laughs) another thing though, that leads to this with the friends or really anything, but especially with the friends, uh, it's a half hearted, we give half hearted answers. Yes. 
like, hey, will you be there? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be there. And you just, you didn't really mean what you said. You, you picked the best answer because maybe you didn't want to let them down. Uh, you didn't want to say no and disappoint them. So you kind of haphazardly throw an answer out there. And then you realize later on, like, I made the wrong decision. Mm -hmm. Like, well, it's because you didn't think about your answer. Yeah. And looking down the road before you commit to something down the road is very important. And uh, that idea of like, well, I didn't want to hurt their feelings. I didn't want to disappoint them. Like, do you know how disappointed they'll be when you don't show up or when they found out like- When they were not, counting on yeah, you? You didn't get pizza with them because you're at the beach bonfire and you post up a picture and it's like, oh my yeah. gosh, they bailed on me for other people. Like, uh -huh. that's disappointing. It's hurtful. And I, when I've met people, and this is really rare, and I, and I aspire to be this person, the person who says, you know, I'm not quite sure yet. Let me think about- and let me check with my wife, or let me do this. Let me see if we have anything going on and see if I can commit to this. Yep. And when I've encountered people like that, I respect that and say, I want to be more like that, where I don't give really easy answers because I want to hold to what I answer. Yep. And so when someone comes to me and I'm not quite sure if I, it's something that I can commit to, then I want to be the type of person who doesn't give a half-hearted response. I want to give a response like, let me wait and see. Let me give you a definitive answer tomorrow. And that's okay to do. It's, it's okay. It's great to do, to say, It'll hey, keep you out of trouble. <laughs> let me get back to you. And yeah. I found now my mind is so busy, I'll forget to get back to people. So there's this magic little button on the side of my phone that says, hey, remind me tomorrow to get back to Daniel. Set a reminder. <laughs> you know, like, and it does. But yeah, if you guys struggle with that, like, oh, I don't, it's okay to say, I can't commit right now. Let me check. Uh, that's awesome. And I love what Jesus gives us in Matthew 5. We just talked about it. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. It means you can say no. Yeah. <laughs> I think Christians sometimes wanting to be nice are sometimes soft. And it's okay to say you can't or don't want to or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. it's all right. I had a friend moving and I've used that example a couple of times because this is where it applies a lot. They need help. And I had two other ministry things that were going on and then kind of a family thing going on. And to try and help them, it was going to just wreck everything. And I had to say, no, I can't. It's okay. I can't. I'm sorry, but I can't. And it's okay to do that. Yep. So guys, like Jesus lets you say yes. He lets you say no. It's wise to pause and think so that whatever you do say is the same thing. That's the whole point. Let mm -hmm. your yes... Be yes. Mm -hmm. And let your no be no. Definitive. Like they need to mean what they mean. Now, that there's the friend world, and then there's work, right? The place in which we labor, the mm -hmm. place that we go, and we are about something bigger than us. Uh, we're, we have commitments and, and expectations. Um, but what have you seen in regards to people's work ethics and specifically in the area of just their word? Yeah, I, I think just like everywhere else, it's rare to find people who keep their word. And so as Christians, I think it's so important for us to be set apart. And especially at work, you're showing people an example of what Jesus says there, right? You're showing them, you're living it out, yep. your faith. And everyone should know that you're a Christian at work. Um, 
And if you're the type of person who doesn't keep their word, doesn't follow through, then it's going to reflect poorly, not just on you personally, but on the faith of your Lord. Yep. That's a problem. And so I think Christians at work should be the people who can be counted on to keep their word because it's a reflection of something greater than just you. Yeah. It's and a reflection like, of the faith. You know, what is it? One rotten apple spoils the whole bunch. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm saying that right or not, but yep. I think that work platform can be a great place to reinforce the power and the value of the the church and ultimately the Lord that we serve. And it's also a great place to destroy it. Uh, mm-hmm. People have one... I've had so many instances where someone has a terrible working experience with a quote-unquote Christian, therefore they never want to go to church because Christians are dumb. Like, oh my gosh, that one person just gave like tens of thousands of people like a bad... Yeah, black eye. Yep. And then ultimately... If you're unfaithful, if you're not trustworthy, why would your God be faithful? Why would your God be trustworthy? Like you claim to be like him. Well, and that and that's the thing is that our God keeps his word. You can take it to the bank. If God says something, he keeps it. Yep. He can be counted on and trusted, and I think that us being his representatives out in the world, we need to reflect that too. Because if you can't trust me in this area, you can't trust me in other areas. Same thing with God. If you can't trust his word in one area, you can't trust it in any area. Yeah, yeah. And so that's why we believe in miracles. That's why we believe in the totality of the word of God is because if I can't trust him in one area, I can't trust him in anywhere. Yep. And so that's why I trust God. It's like I believe in the miracles. I believe in the doctrines. I believe in these things because I believe him in totality. I believe what his word says. Yes. With that, believing his word, I'm curious if you've seen, right, there's the negative impact of not keeping your word, but then there is a wonderful impact of keeping your word, yes. especially in the workplace. You know, if on time is late and you're five minutes early, dude, you're just beating everybody there to the jobs. I did construction for a while. Mm-hmm. And being faithful in the little things, it was weird. Just show up like five minutes earlier than everybody else. Yeah. And finish the work you say you'll finish and try and do a good job. And all of a sudden, you start getting some of the better jobs. All of a sudden, you get a raise, a promotion. And why? Because you just said God's word. He said, if you're faithful in the little things, he'll give you more. But if not, he will take it from you and give it to somebody else. Have you experienced just applying purely faithfulness and honoring your word? I'll be there on time, boss. I'll finish the work, boss. Mm -hmm. I'll do a good job, boss. Yeah. I think uh, you touched on something that's probably another podcast for another time (laughs) is, uh, you know, showing up for life. And uh, so much of it is showing up and being there every day. Um, you can barely get people to show up to work anymore, let alone keep their word. Yep. But I think that's the first part, and that's we'll talk about that some other time. But keeping your word just in the little things and just doing it, it's not like you have to make grand commitments and saying, you know, we're not talking about like the project, the $5 million project, like, I'm keeping my word on this. We're talking about just in the faithful things, the small things, I'm going to keep my word. And people just see you living it day in and day out, that you're a person who can be counted on. Yep. And they just start to respect that. And I've seen it in, in my own life, in work, in my brother's life, in our family's life, when we've, we've worked out in the workplace, they see something different 
and you get promoted. It and, stands out. And they give you more. And and I'm not doing anything special, right? I'm not. I'm not like just knocking their socks off with like just my mental acumen is off the tr- no, none of that. It's just simply. I say what I mean. They I mean what I say, you. and they just can't like you can be counted on. Yep. Well, and even think not to go down a different road too far, but those of you guys that are praying about, you know, who am I going to marry, and where's that that girl or that guy? Um, if I, without being terribly destructive to your dreams, uh, as wonderful as romance is, and God created us to experience, you know, flowers and a nice dinner with candles or whatever, like that's cool, that's sweet. But you can't build a relationship on romance. Like Mm-mm. it will crumble. Yeah. But if you find someone with a kind heart, with a gentle perspective, who can be counted on, their mm-hmm. word means something. Like, yeah. oh my gosh. Yep. Look, it's easy to light a candle and buy a flower. Okay. It's not that easy to find a good heart that their word means what it says. Well, I think that goes right into what we were going to talk about next and keeping your word at home. Yep. And we live in a day and age where promises are easily made and easily broken. I think of, uh, I believe it was um, Mary Poppins. She's like, that's a pie crust promise. It's easily made. It's easily broken. And that's how we treat marriage in these days. Yep. It's The promise of marriage is easily made, easily broken. And that's unfortunate. And I really think that keeping your word is an idea that needs to be carried into marriage with your spouse. I made a vow on my wedding day before God, a vow to God and to my spouse. I gave my word that I would honor and cherish and I would be faithful. And I I made all these promises. I gave my word. And because our word has been so cheapened by this culture, it's like, well, no, you just fell out of love. But keeping your word is more important than what you feel. Nothing to do with love (laughs) at all. It's about commitment. I made a commitment to keep my word here, to love you, to honor, to cherish you, till death do us part. Yep. I made a commitment. And so whether I feel it or not, whether I wake up feeling in love, whether I wake up feeling those emotional tingly things, the romance, all that, I made a commitment with my word, and my word is more important to keep than what I feel. Yep. Uh, I mean... Gosh, what you're saying, I hope everyone's grabbing onto this. Um, and I think it's interesting not to keep going back to it, but the whole verse in Matthew chapter five about let your yes be yes and your no be no, I don't think it's an accident that the portion immediately before it is talking about your wedding vows. That's right. And then the very next thing, Jesus talks about marriage. And then the very next thing he says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. It has to be in the home. Yeah. It has to be in the home. I, I can't remember where it's at. I know it's in Deuteronomy. I Maybe maybe chapter 23. Uh, but it says that God will hold us accountable for the vows that you voluntarily made with your mouth. Mm. And you think we're going to get to heaven and we're going to have to answer a handful of questions. And one of those... He's going to go through the list of all the things we said we'd do and did, and he's going to hold us accountable for all the things we said we'd do and didn't. Uh, he's going to, look, those commitments we say to people, God's up there recording them. Like, okay, we'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a parent, when you get home, <laughs> we're going to we're gonna go over this. But 
if you guys do still live in home with mom and dad, if you're a young adult or if you're in high school listening to this or whatever, practice now. You won't treat your spouse any better than you treat your parents. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a there's a very clear direct correlation between the two. You can grow into something different, but the habits and the character that you're forming now are going to be the habits and the character that you bring into that marriage that you guys connect with. And that's why I think this is this whole concept is so relational. Yep. It's, you know, Jesus going through that and talking about making commitments and and letting your yes be yes and your no be no and talking about marriage. It's really that whole section is about relational interacting with other people, interacting with your spouse, interacting with humans. Yep. And that knowing that if we don't have we can't believe each other, mm. what do we have? And communication breaks down at that point. If we can't believe each other because our yes is not yes, then how can we even communicate? How can we even talk? The trust has been lost at that point. And now everything else is starting to crumble. So we really have to keep our word, especially in marriage and especially at home in our relationships with family. Big time. Uh, There's a an interesting story, uh, Teddy Roosevelt, he was a rancher for, you know, a big part of his life. Uh, and there's a, a story is documented. He's out on the ranch with his ranch hands and they're working. And basically when you cross a property line into someone else's land, someone's hillside, that whatever cattle's there is theirs. If it's not branded yet, even if it was your cow and it walks over to someone else's land, it's their cow now. And they're out there and they're getting, they're heating up the fire and they're about to brand this cow. And Roosevelt's like, wait, hold on a second. You have my brand, but we're on his property. And the, the ranch hand's like, yeah, but you know, it, it won't matter. It's your cow and uh, no one will ever know. He On the spot, he fired him. And he's quoted for saying, a man who will steal fr- for me will steal from me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my <laughs> goodness. Like there's just... <laughs> So much truth to that. If you're yep. willing to do something bad for me, you'll probably end up doing something bad to me. That's right. And the value of integrity and your word and doing the right thing, even when no one really knows the fallout, is immense. Yeah. Uh, I know we talked about marriages, but even when you have kids, like the relationship you'll have when they're older is going to be built upon the relationship you have with them when they're younger. Yeah. That sounds like a no-brainer. But I, I just don't think we give it enough value. Um, that are, have you seen that with your with your daughters? Like, well, uh, kids will let you know if you're not keeping your word. Oh, they, they will, will let you. you they, blast they, they, heavy. <laughs> they, they remember things like, Dad, you said you said we do this. I mean, they'll let you know. And if you have a you know a child who has a strong will personality too, yeah. My daughter has this incredible knack of remembering things that I said verbatim. And she's like, Dad, you said A, B, and C. I mean, <laughs> quote it right back to me like she recorded it. And you're like, I did say that. <laughs> I need to fulfill that. Yep. It's so important, so critical to keep your word to your kids. Parents, if you're godly parents, okay, if you're planning on being parents, if at some point you're going to have kids in your life, listen to this. You are the representation of God to your kids. They look to you. They look to you for leadership. They look to you and see how you interact. So keeping your word to your spouse, you're modeling to them how to interact interact with your spouse. They see mom and dad keeping their word, their covenant, 
to each other, they go, that's how it's done. That's right. Then when I give my word to my kids, letting my yes be yes, my no be no, but also in the good things and the bad things, I keep my word. Our Heavenly Father keeps his word to us, his children, right? And we're to keep our word to our kids because we're modeling Christ to our kids. And so I would say it's so important to keep your word in the good things and the bad things. So when I say to my daughter, hey, uh, if you do that one more time, you're going to have consequences. When they do it one more time, they get consequences. Yes, absolutely. And so often what I see is I see parents going... If you do that again, Bailey, if you do it again, Bailey, you do it again. And it's like, you've said that nine times and he's done it again nine times. Well, you when know are you going to stop? With that truth, the parents that seem to complain about their kids the most, which is, I get it. I mean, I, more than people realize, I get it. Like yeah. any parent can just like Parenting be is grieved. Hard. It's tough sometimes. But there seems to be a lack of... Enjoying your kids, mm-hmm. a lack. There's just this like void. Like this is supposed to be a wonderful relationship, and you're mm-hmm. just miserable in it. And then you realize, like, oh, you've kind of created this like volatile, unpredictable, no follow through, no consequences. Yep. Like, of course you don't enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, but then there's those who like were rather clear in their expectations. Uh, I I always you know uh, empty threats. Like if you do it again, if you do it again, it's, they're empty threats. I know you're yeah. you're bluffing everything. I got you. People don't give kids enough credit. They're like kids are smart enough to figure out, and they'll test you right off the bat. I mean, I figured that out right as my daughter was two. She's barely two, and she'd go. I'd say, "Don't touch that." She'd look back to see if I'm looking, and then slowly reach out her hand to see see when I'd stop her. Yep. Like, where's the boundary? I'm gonna test it. I'm yep. gonna push. And so the parent who doesn't fall through and keep their word, their kid will keep pushing the boundary out further and further and further, and they know you ain't going to act. Yeah, at some point, only God's going to be able to reel them back in. That's know? right. And so in the, it's so critical in creating healthy relationships with children to keep your word, keep the boundary, hold the line. And, and so that my kids know if dad says one more time, he means it. Yep. He means what he says. And so I rarely have to discipline my kids now, and that's not just a brag. That's like a, there's been a lot of hard work that has gone into that where I say, listen, you do it again, there's going to be consequences. So you're getting the fruit of... That's right. ...your labors. Of keeping my word. Yeah. Now, just for whatever it's worth, I'm curious if there was a point for you of like, I feel like a terrible parent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I oh, think it yeah. was right about that five or six-year-old mark. It was just like from... Three years old to six years old it was this like three yes. to four year span of like just holding the line, holding the line. And I'm like, I am so tired of holding the line. That's right. And then there was this breakthrough moment like you're talking uh-huh. about like, oh. Yeah, because it's difficult to be consistent and keeping your word right. So I would say, don't do this. And then they do it. And then there's consequences. And then I'd say, don't do this. They do it. Then there's consequences. And it felt like... I'm spending so much of my time. I'm coming home from a long day of work, and now I'm spending the time that I want to spend with my family. I'm spending it correcting, and just there's crying and gnashing of teeth, and it's like this is not fun yep. at all. This is it would be so much easier just to do what parents tend to do: yeah. is sit on the couch, and like knock it off, knock, and just kind of yell down the hallway. <laughs> sure. 
But actually, when you say something and then you hear it again yeah. and you get up off the couch and you go and address it, that takes so much effort. It's exhausting. I, I know we're, we've definitely migrated into a completely different area of conversation. But one thing I think I'd love for you guys to hang on to as you get older and have a family, have your kids um, in that discipline realm I remember my mom told me this years ago, and it was one of the best parenting insights I've ever received, uh, especially with my boys. Boys are just extra rowdy. They're born warriors. Like, And then mm-hmm. you, it's just, so you know, when they're in trouble, you need to make sure it. there's a difference between an accident and rebellion. Mm-hmm. When they just do the, they genuinely do the wrong thing, but it, it just, it happened. Like, okay, there can be consequences. But don't treat those like rebellion. Now, when they, oh, don't do this and, you know, go against the rules knowingly, that's different. Yeah. And being able to identify, like, okay, that was wrong, but innocently wrong. And now those consequences versus you are directly going against what you know you're not supposed to do. Um, And then the last thing, I found myself trying to correct... um, I think their character or sorry, I I found myself trying to correct their personality rather than their character sometimes. And you can't, why? Like they're not you. You can't force them into a mold. And there's, I have three girls and they are three distinct personalities and they require three different approaches. You might have a kid that's super athletic. You might have a nerd. Yeah. And And you're like, you're not going to change that. You're not. And, and it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. God created them individually. They're a one of one, yep. right? And so yeah, we that. need to realize that they're a one-off. They're not a mass-produced product. They're a one of one. And so we need to treat them that way. And I just want to circle back to, you know, we talked about the bad things, but what about the good things? I, I make it a point that if I say something in discipline or in correction, I mean it. And then I say something... Um, good. Hey, we're going to go get ice cream tomorrow. Then we do. Yep. And and this is my thinking behind it, David, is that when my kids grow older and they begin to question and test things and the world lies to them and the world will, they'll come to a point, I pray, that they'll say, you know who didn't lie to me? My dad. My dad never, he always kept his word in yep. the good, the bad, in different, all this stuff. But my dad always shot straight. Yep. And what he said you could take to the bank. So my dad says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. It must be true. The world says he's not. But the world's also lied to me that these things would bring me fulfillment and happiness. So I'm I'm playing the long game in the sense that how important this is is that I'm setting a tone that I keep my word to my kids that when they're older, they won't depart from it. And they'll say, you know you know who always kept his word? Who I'll allow to speak into my life? My mom and my dad. That's awesome. And my mom and my dad always kept their word. They always prayed for us. They always did these things. And so that's what I came back to is, you, you know what? I looked for uh, all things out in the world, and you have friends who lie to you. You have people who lie to you. When you stop doing drugs, all those friends scatter like cockroaches. Yeah. You don't have any more friends anymore. Like, but you know who stuck with me? My parents. Hmm. They always kept their word. They always did what they said. And so it was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who's the bad guy again? 
who's the bad guy? Yep. It's not my mom and dad. It was the people who were just there for a short time yeah, getting what they could get. That's awesome. So that's, that's, I think, the long game that we need to keep in mind when we're talking about keeping our word is that we're setting the tone for what our kids will believe. No, that's awesome. And with relationship, what our spouse will believe, what our friends will believe, what our coworkers will believe, we're setting the tone as a whole. What they might believe about God might come down to you keeping your word. Completely. I mean, I think that quite wonderfully brings some real life tangibleness to the whole boy who cried wolf thing. Like you just, you can't play around and then assume they'll take you serious when you want them to, you know, that's awesome guys. There's, there's so much to, to talk about in this stuff, but with friends, uh, with coworkers, with your boss, if you become a boss and have coworkers clearly within marriage and, uh, being a parent, just let your yes be yes. And your no be no and you will reap the most wonderful blessings out of that. Like, yes, there's sacrifice. Yes, there's some selflessness that is involved. Uh, be wise about the answers before you give them. But you will reap blessings upon blessings Amen. in the long game. But uh, So whatever you guys do today, make sure your word matters. <laughs> we will see you on the next episode. Until then, God bless you guys, and uh, keep walking with Jesus.